Hi, and welcome to Com Church Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk you're about to hear. Hallelujah. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. Um, that, let's give thanks to the creative team for putting that little game show together. Before we, before we get started on the word this morning, I just want to let you know that um, I think uh, I'm going to need some schooling at this Biblecom Academy because even I got one of those questions wrong there. Oh yeah, so um, yeah, come along. Um, and that's the thing. How did you get on with that quiz, by the way? Did you, you did all right? You think so? All right. Well, you see, that's the thing about multiple choice answers. Um, if you're not well informed about any given subject, all the choices will seem to be correct. Amen? So then, Michelle, tell us, what do we have to do? Right, well, we have to get informed. And as Christians, we need to be in a place where we're informed well about the Word of God. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, it says, present your, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a worker that does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. If we don't handle the word of truth correctly, then it leaves ourselves open to deceit and error. And that's how religious sects are formed. We all know what we're talking about, religious sects, yeah, different religions that don't really follow God. It's an awesome privilege for us as Christians that we've been given the position to spread the good news of Jesus Christ to the whole world. But we're only going to be doing this or doing it effectively if we have a fuller understanding of God, of the Word of God. And it all starts by taking that first step of faith and developing your, your relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. Daniel 11 verse 32, it says, The people that know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. To know somebody means that you're going to have to spend time with them and develop your relationship with him or her. Now, we know the currency of heaven is praise and worship. That's why we, as a com church, we pronounce it so heavily. When our praise goes up, there's a divine exchange between us and God. He opens the door, praise opens the door, for us to carry out great exploits. It's the Spirit of God that gives us life. His Word is Spirit and life. Now, there are two types of God's Word. You've got the Logos Word, the written Word, and you've also got the Rhema Word. The Rhema Word is the Word of God that comes in the season for now. So it may be a prophecy from somebody. It may be, I don't know, just a word. It may be something that God's dropped in your heart, but it helps you to understand the Logos word. But the more that you understand the Logos word, the easier it is for God to relay to you the Rhema word. So one needs the other. Amen? Amen. We at Com Church believe strongly that people should know the word of God for themselves. And not only that, to apply it. Amen? We have the Bible, 
as the standard. Remember when Pastor Julian a few weeks ago lifted it up, put it on top of the shelf to signify the high standard that the Word of God is in our lives. Hallelujah. So, as is mentioned, this is why we're launching the Colm Academy. It'll be held every Tuesday, um, at the, starting at 7.30. Uh, so, uh, there will be a, a, a position where we can, um, we get, we can enroll, uh, but uh, we'll sort that out. Just come along on, the first, uh, on, the, on, the, on this Tuesday, and uh, we'll get that uh, all um, sorted out in the meantime. But if you ever wondered, did God create the world in six days? Why do we pray in the Spirit? How do you develop your faith? Or what is the fivefold ministry? Then this is the come for you. So throughout the weeks and months, a variety of speakers will come along and present and lead discussions on these and many other subjects. Amen? Okay, you guys need to smile at me because I'm well out of my comfort zone here. So you need to smile at me. <laughs> okay, right. So the scriptures are used in the quiz. They're related to what we're going to focus on today. So we're going to continue looking at the Beatitudes, Matthew 5. But I just want to um, remind you of what we've been through already. So, <clears throat> excuse me. In week one, Rob and Sarah unpacked what it meant to be blessed when you're poor in spirit and those who mourn and the blessings for the meek. In week two, let me get this right this time, I got this wrong in the first service, um, Pastor Sarah talked about the blessings of those, the blessings of those who hunger for righteousness and blessed who are those who are poor in heart. Today we're going to focus on what it means to be blessed when you're merciful and blessed as peacemakers. So Sarah mentioned last week that all of the Beatitudes are connected because they all come to a point of surrender. To embrace the blessings of Matthew 5, you need to surrender, or we need to surrender our selfish nature. Rob talked about Jesus coming to turn the world right side up. And now I'm glad if you look at Jesus' disciples, all the men that he chose had their own faults. They all had different faults. But God was able to use every single one of them, even with their faults. He didn't wait until they got to a point of maturity. I mean, you've got James and John, who were known as the sons of thunder. Now, you don't get a name like that for no reason. Amen? So... When the disciples, when Jesus was bringing this, this sermon about the Beatitudes, his disciples were with him. And it makes me wonder, was Jesus speaking directly to them? It's just a question for you. I'll leave that with you. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, it says, Now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now, all the Beatitudes stem from an attitude of love. And in everything that we do, we need to be doing it in love. We need to constantly check our hearts to make sure that our motives are in the right place. And are they the standard, at the standard that God has given us? Are we looking at the Bible as our mirror? Is anyone out there? Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. 
It's all right, I'm okay. here. <laughs> In our Christian walk, at some point, it has to be more than about good works. We are supposed to do good works, but it has to be more than that. The world can feed the hungry. They can shelter the homeless and provide financial needs. But we are called to be more than that. We are called to go beyond that, to go into the supernatural. Amen? So whatever you have, the little that you have, it may be just like David, that you've only got a slingshot and a few stones. If you give that to God, he will always put the super on our natural. Yeah? He will always super us. Or in other words, be energized by the Holy Spirit. There's, there's no room for slang in preaching. I'm going to get that in again. <laughs> when Jesus walked on the earth, he did great exploits. He healed the incurable, raised the dead, and provided food for the masses out of little. In John 14, verse 12, it says, is that on the screen? Oh, okay. What I'm about to tell you is true. Anyone that believes in me will do the work that I've been doing. In fact, they will do greater things. And that's because I'm going to my Father. When we're called as a body to operate, when we're called as a body to Christ, we were called to operate in the supernatural. It's not a hope or a maybe, it's an expectation of God that we should operate in this way. It should Amen. be commonplace in our lives. Amen. That we step out in faith, even if we feel inadequate, even if we feel that you know, we don't have the tools, we step out in faith. And if you're doing it with the right heart and you're looking at the word of God as your standard, you can never miss the mark. Amen. Amen? So God is calling his people to move in power and authority. And we need to realize who we are in Christ. And what better way to look at who we are and remind ourselves than looking at the Beatitudes? Amen. So, let's start by looking at being merciful. It's interesting how, as we go through the series, how all the Beatitudes appear to be linked to one another. For example, how can you be a peacemaker without being pure in heart? Or how can you be pure in heart without having that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, this is from the Amplified Version. It brings it out very well. It says, Blessed, content, sheltered by God's promises are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Galatians 6, 7 talks about what a man sows, that they shall also reap. And verse 9 that goes on to say, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Psalms 41.1, blessed, again from the Amplified, blessed by the Lord's, by God's grace and compassion is he who considers the helpless. The Lord will save him in the day of trouble. So when we give mercy out, at some point in the future, we receive mercy when we need it. Amen? How many know that at some point in our lives, we may need a bit of, little bit of mercy coming our way? 
It's the principle of seed time and harvest. When we give, and that applies to anything, when we give, it may leave our hand, but the blessing of that giving will never leave your life. Amen? Being blessed in this sense means to be contented, a sense of happiness and well-being. It says God's promises contentment to those that are merciful. There is a reward to those that show mercy. Amen. Although it's not about getting rewards, it's more about doing it through a heart of love. Amen? The scripture we just read talks about being sheltered by God's promises. I, now, I don't know about you, I get excited when I hear the promises of God. Amen? The promise of God, the promises of God that's in here, in his word. And I'm going to just as a little reminder, give you a few of his promises, just to remind ourselves. For many of us, they'll be quite familiar scriptures, but his promises like how he has plans to bless you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a... You give and it shall be... If God before us... Romans 8.31 And I also, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8, 39. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible tells us to be imitators of God. It teaches us that in Ephesians 5, verse 1. And what better way to show how it is to be merciful than to start with the mercy of God? Amen. It's part of God's very nature to be merciful. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23 tells us, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions sometimes fail? Never fail. Okay. Never. Oh, you are awake. Praise the Lord. <laughs> they, that's his mercies, are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Throughout the Bible, God has shown his mercy so many times. He showed his mercy to Adam and Eve. He showed his mercy to the Israelites while they were in the wilderness on their, on their way to the promised land. He showed his mercy to the kings of Israel when they messed up time and time again. Jesus showed his compassion to Peter after he denied Christ three times. Also, there is no forgiveness without sacrifice. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Hebrews 9.22 tells us. Let's remind ourselves that God showed his mercy to all mankind when he offered up the ultimate sacrifice, his son Jesus. That is the ultimate act of mercy, amen? The very reason why we're all here today. All those Bible characters they all deserved his justice. We all deserve his justice. But hallelujah, we all got his mercy instead. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We, we should all have a testimony of that. Why? Because he loves us. He so loves us. Yes. You see, mercy comes out of a heart of love and compassion. Rather than punish, God has chosen to use us for his divine purpose. We serve a loving and faithful God. James chapter 3 verse 17 says, I don't know if this is coming up on screen. No? Okay. 
But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Yes, his mercies are new every morning, but as a wake-up call to us all as believers and to those that are not, I feel the need to say this, and it's good that we're tag-team preaching right now because we're about to go into good cop, bad cop routine, you see? I'm going to be bad cop, and Michelle is going to be good cop. Amen? My goodness. Because you may sound like I'm going to go down to a, in, into a little bit of a segue here, but bear with me because it all leads back to his mercy. It all leads back to what we're talking about. Amen? You see, as merciful as God is, he is still a God of justice and judgment. If you've not heard from God for a long time, ask yourself this. What has he asked you? What has he asked you to do that you haven't done? Where has he asked you to go and you haven't been? What did he ask you to say and you haven't said? God requires obedience, amen? He doesn't just request it. A vivid Old Testament example of this is what happened to Achan. This story can be found in Joshua chapter 7, and I don't have the time to go into the background of that right now, but you look that up in your own time. The Israelites went to attack the city of Ai, and they were supposed to have won the battle. God had ordained that, but they lost. Why? Because Achan stole some of the spoils of war from the previous battle with Jericho. You see, the spoils of war belonged to God. Achan tried to hide it, but God showed Joshua who it was that spoilt that blessing of victory. And the word of knowledge identified Achan as the culprit. Now, for those of you who may not, the story, may not know the story, it didn't end well for Achan. But this story serves to remind us that when you disobey God, when you disobey God in secret, it may not happen today, it may not happen tomorrow, not next week or next month or next year, but God will not be mocked. Make no mistake. You will be found out. And even if you're not found out by men, you'll one day have to give an account before God himself. But that was the downside. But praise God, here is the upside. Good cop, come in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mike, that's the first time he's told me I'm a good cop. Okay. Um, Micah 6 verse 8, from the New Living Translation, it says, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what's right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before, humbly with your God. At the centre of our Christian lives is Jesus, but there should be mercy there as well. And in order to please God, we need to show mercy. My children, the older that they get, the more opportunity there is for us to disagree and disappoint each other. And sometimes, not often, <laughs> Wesley and I don't agree. <laughs> I know that's hard to believe, mm, but... Um, shocker. <laughs> sometimes we don't agree. But the Bible tells us to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, loving, forgiving one another for Christ's sake. And because we love one another, 
we have to show mercy to each other, or else we couldn't live under the same roof. So, you know, there are some times when there may be somebody, maybe somebody in the church, or maybe somebody at work, wherever it is, they've offended you, and you've held on to that offence, and nothing that that person does, or nothing that they say, is ever right. And you pick apart, even in your mind, you pick apart what they're doing or what they're saying, and you just can't let it go. But Jesus came for all of us, and he came as a saviour for all of us. If we could have saved ourselves, then there would be no need for Jesus to come. But he, come, he came and he shed his blood. But if you are building a man-made dam where a fence is just blocking the flow, it's blocking the flow of your blessing, I want to tell you today to let it go. Let it go. Forgive. Let go of a fence. Because that man-made dam is stopping what God wants to do in your life. So don't be justified by your own right, but be justified by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Yeah, that was a good word. <laughs> Amen. So there are more than just one way to get to a common goal. We know that. People have different ways of doing things. And to show mercy, sometimes you have to step back. So in Psalms 86 verse 15, Yep. We know that our God is merciful, compassionate, slow to anger, and gracious. And I'm thankful that when we confess sincerely, when we repent sincerely, that he's quick to forgive. But repentance isn't just saying, I won't do it again. I won't go there again. I won't see that again. I won't look at that again. It has to be from the heart. But without the Holy Spirit, it's only a matter of time before you go back there again. So how do we treat people that need mercy? Well, on a daily basis, we have opportunity to treat people or to show mercy. What did you do the last time your colleague at work made a mistake, a big mistake, or even a little one? Or even at school, at college, at university? We need to make a conscious decision to be merciful. And as Christians, if we are shown not to have mercy, we, are, we become cold, callous, and indifferent. And the world knows this. The world recognizes this. It's funny that, you know, the world knows more about Christianity than we do. I always find that amazing how a Muslim can come and tell you what you should be. But anyway... It comes back again to the law of seed time and harvest that Wesley mentioned. When you're declaring mercy, you're declaring God's favour. Psalms 103 talks about the mercies of God and really sums it up of everything that we're saying today about mercy. You can read that in your own time. God sits in authority in his throne. And to bless or to show mercy or any of the Beatitudes... You have to be in a place of authority. The good news is, when Jesus came, he came and he gave us that authority. So all we need to do is realise what we have and exercise that. 
Luke 4 verse 15, sorry, Luke 4 verse 19. In the Passion Translation, and I do like the Passion Translation of the Bible, it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to, to, and he has anointed me to be the hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind. And to preach to the prisoners, you are set free. I've come to share the message of Jubilee, for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. Now, if you look back at the Old Testament and the Israelites, um, they were told that every seven years, there should be one year of Jubilee, where debts were forgiven, slaves were set free, and land was given back. I have no idea if they ever did that. But 2,000 years ago, Jesus came and he declared that year of Jubilee. And we are still living in that year now. So it's not a year as we would think. It's a Bible year. Sorry, I've lost my place. (laughs) God looks to us. God looks to us to be his hands and his feet to bring this jubilee into people's lives. We have been given the authority. But to show mercy, you have to be in a place of surrender. God will always... God will always energize you. Oh, good. Super you. (laughs) (laughs) The world says, this is mine, you can't have it. But Jesus says, anyone that requests of you, give it to them and don't ask for it back. Yes, we, uh, we feed the hungry. We're called to feed the hungry, to, to visit the sick, to care for the sick, to heal the sick, to look after the widows and orphans. God will always energize us through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to remind you all that Historically, it was compassionate movements led by Christians that set up schools, hospitals, universities in this country. There was no welfare state to fall back on back then. Um, God energized men and women of the church into action, motivated by, yes, mercy, motivated by a love that responds to human needs in an unexpected and unmerited way. Praise the Lord that tradition of mercy and compassion is still around today. I'm thankful to God that so many churches are around today to help the needy, including our own church. Amen? Amen. There's a lot of uncertainty looming around us as a nation. What with uh, that dreaded B word on everybody's lips at the moment. Yes, you've guessed it. Bananas, no. Brexit. (laughs) You see, politicians can't agree, the journalists and political commentators can't agree, but if you haven't heard, church, the world is hurting. I know we're all praying, but you see, if Brexit really goes badly at the end of March, as it's scheduled to be at the moment, people are going to really feel it economically in this country. People right here in our town. Now, the question to you and to us is, are we going to be ready for the fallout if it happens, come church? Are we going to be ready to respond in a way that's 
merciful. Amen? They need us to act on their behalf. Amen? Being merciful demonstrates wisdom, love, faithfulness, commitment, generosity, patience, but also we work under the authority of God. We need to be in a place where we can be at hand, of, we can be the hand of help from God in this generation. So our prayer is that we, is that, um, you know, through God can use us even more mightily to be merciful and compassionate. James 1.22 says, be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. We've heard it, let's do it, amen? Developing a merciful heart is done by putting it into practice. Now let's move on to the other part of uh, today, the being a peacemaker, being at peace. Matthew 5 verse 9 from the Amplified Version tells us, blessed, spiritually calm with life's joy in God's favor are the makers and maintainers of peace. They will, for they will express his character and be called the sons of God. Philippians 4 verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ. For us to be peacemakers, we have to have peace ourselves. But it's not the peace that other religions, such as the Buddhists, the quote that we had in the quiz, our true and everlasting peace can only be found in one thing. Not material things. It can only be found in God. Paul understood this. But peace comes from exercising your faith. We can have peace despite of our circumstances. And situations may get us down, but we can never rely or depend on what our feelings tell us. Your emotions will lie to you, amen? So always look at the standard. What does the Bible say about my situation, amen? We can have peace through Jesus Christ. And as people of God, we are called to be peacemakers. But it all starts with a life of praise and worship. Developing a life of worship is where we fight and win our battles. And let me tell you, saints, the battle has already been won. Yeah? We don't have to worry if the battle will be won. The battle's already been won. So we sow in peace and we reap a harvest of righteousness. Are you known as a peacemaker in your family? Just want to mention, a gentle word turns away wrath. Mm. Are you known as a peacemaker in the classroom or your workplace? What about you being the voice of reason? Are you the voice of reason? Some of the characteristics of a peacemaker, well, I'm going to let Wesley tell you. <laughs> Thanks very much. Yes, here are some characteristics of a godly peacemaker. And uh, this is by no means an exhaustive list, but it's, it's a good start. So here's a few. It's not showing partiality. It's not, um, it's not being led by emotion. It's walking in wisdom, godly wisdom. It's not self-seeking. 
It's loving your neighbor as yourself. It's giving up your right to be right. It's a desire, finally, to tell the good news of Jesus. Jesus is described in Isaiah as a prince of peace. And if you remember the woman that was caught in, the, in adultery, in the act of adultery, Jesus was invited by her accusers to condemn her. But if he condemned her, that would have meant her certain death. Mm. But he chose to show her mercy. And then he invited her accusers to reflect on their own attitudes. And so he maintained peace. And he also showed mercy. He chose to give the woman what she didn't deserve and hold back what she deserved. This is mercy. So some of the benefits of peace, prosperity, rest, cooperation, and it also silences the accuser. When we worship and testify of what God has done for us, we silence the accuser because we are choosing to lift up Jesus. And whatever you focus on in your life, that's what's gonna be magnified. So as people of God, we have to focus on Jesus, focus on what he's done. This again is part of our warfare. We take back what the enemy has stolen from us. We take back peace, prosperity, and we can have rest and lay in green pastures beside the still waters. We even have cooperation with our neighbors and our enemies. Matthew 11 verse 12, it says, this is from the Passion Translation as well. Um, from the moment John, and this is John the Baptist, from the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven is bursting forth and passionate people have taken hold of its power. Again, it comes back to hungering for the spirit of God, hungering for his kingdom. This is a theme that's come back time and time again throughout this year, about hungering, having the manifest manifestation, the manifestation, manifest presence of God. Sarah spoke about last week about hungering for his presence and not filling your spiritual hunger with spiritual chocolate. And there are times in our life that we have to, just for peace sake, we have to let go of our rights. But we never give room to the enemy. We never give room to the enemy. We have to let somebody else be right sometimes. And that again, church comes with maturity. We all know what it's like in the playground with children. Yeah, everybody wants to be right. But we, as mature believers, we don't need to show that we're right. God knows that we're right. God knows the truth. But peace doesn't stop from being gentle. No. Peace comes at a cost. Uh, as an illustration, let's take a look at the UN. They do multiple peace, or have done multiple peacekeeping missions around the world. They take flack from all sides. But although they're there to keep the peace, uh, there's one thing, you won't see them armed with sticks and slingshots, will you? How silly would that be? No, they're armed. They're well armed, they're well equipped. And the point to that is, if the peace is to be maintained on occasions, you will have to fight for it. Amen? 
For us as followers of Jesus, I'm not talking about a literal fight, but something more, far more, more potent, that's spiritual warfare. So that's why we, um, you know, we're, we're going to wonder why so many Christians are not effectively armed, under-equipped. Oh, and if you choose not to fight, the enemy is going to attack you anyway. Yeah. Amen? Right. If he doesn't bring a situation to you, he's going to bring one to a loved one. It starts with an attack that brings discouragement, and then the whole process leads to defeat, or it can do. However, 2 Corinthians 10, 30 to 3 to 7, this is the Passion Translation once again. It says this, For although we live in the, super, in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy. Amen that opposes God and breaks through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. Yes. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. Yes. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. Amen. You see, we have an enemy who is relentless, church. Well, 1 Peter 5 tells us that the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion. But we must resist him and stand firm in the faith, church. Because why? Unlike the UN, we serve the ultimate commander-in-chief. Amen? Amen. Yes. John 14, 27 tells us this. Peace I leave with you. Jesus says, my peace I give you, I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Our weapons of spiritual warfare are mighty and effective. As was said earlier in John 6, 63, in the spirit that gives life, the flesh does not give life. The words I told you are spirit and they give life. God's word is life changing, amen? The devil will try to have you believe that prayer is useless and the word of God is just words on a page. All complete lies and misinformation. You see, an AK-47 assault rifle is a powerful tool. An F-16 fighter jet is a powerful tool. But all that pales into significance compared to the power of prayer and the power of God's word. Amen. That is what pulls down strongholds, amen? amen. Hallelujah. Okay. okay, so the battlefield, the battlefield is in our minds. And that's not to say that it doesn't exist, but it's to say that the enemy's favorite battlefield, favorite place is our minds. If he can bring a negative thought or a negative feeling and make you feel or believe that they're your own, then he gains ground in our lives. You know, it's constantly on the news about young people that have taken their own lives because they've believed a lie from the enemy. The enemy has stolen that young life. And this is why 
we have to be continuously washed in the word. Romans 12 verse 2, we're coming to an end. Romans 12 verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If we are to be peacemakers and known as the children of God, then we should always be prepared to bring the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to a world that really needs it. Ephesians 6, verse 15, again from the Amplified. Having strapped your feet with the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news. Jesus came to reveal the heart of the Father and he came to reveal it to you and I. Yes, the gospel of Jesus is the foundation of everything that we believe but at the centre of it is mercy, showing mercy. We know that God came not only to save our souls from torment, eternal torment, but it can transform lives now. So, Hallelujah. amen, Wesley. Hallelujah. You know, as we, as we draw to a close now, I would just like to lead an invitation of prayer. And first of all, I'd like to offer the opportunity for people to come, as we've been talking about mercy this morning, to receive God's mercy this morning by accepting, very simply, Jesus Christ into your life. Christ died on the cross. I know there are many, uh, most of us are believers here, but if this resonates with you, I just want to say Christ died on the cross. Jesus, who is God, became a man. He lived a perfect life. He allowed himself to be arrested, tried, convicted, and arrested, crucified. As he hung upon the cross, God the Father took every sin you have ever committed or will commit and put them on Jesus and punished him instead. Jesus is your substitute because God mercifully ordained him to be so. Jesus took my sins on him and also the wrath of God my sins deserved. All you have to do is to take the invitation and acknowledge Christ's sacrifice this morning. Take that step of faith as Michelle and, Michelle and I did all those years ago. Maybe there's a situation in your life or maybe there's a person in your life where you'll find it very hard to show mercy to or to forgive and you're holding that person up I want you to come forward I invite you to come forward so you can release that because we as a as Com Church as a leadership want to see you set free we want to see the blessings in your life flow Amen Remember we said earlier that to be a godly peacemaker, you have to be at peace. Are you at peace this morning? Your mind may be in some sort of turmoil. God wants to see you truly have that peace in your heart. That goes beyond all understanding as the word says. It's okay. God, understa God understands what you need. You need a touch from him. 
Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to get in touch, visit our website at www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.